various gifts but the same spirit there are differences of administrations but the same lord there are various operations but it is the same god who operates all of them and all people but the manifestation of the spirit is given to everyone for the common good to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But that one and very same spirit works all these, dividing to each one individually as he wills. Well, today we'll do the discerning of spirits. So impressed by the kids that they know their categories and know, um, hopefully at least where each gift goes. I hope this series is helping y'all and I hope you're not getting bored and burnt out before I finish. Um, I thought the tongues, interpretation of tongues was difficult, but this one is a little, a little tricky. Especially in any apostolic, spirit-filled church, people get weird. They start changing terminology. Um, calling it discernment instead of the gift of discerning of spirits. People get all weird and they distort the meaning and what the gift actually is. And um, hopefully in the next few minutes I can untangle some of the mess that Christians have made and we can make some sense about what this gift is and why God gave it to us and how we're supposed to use it in the modern church. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. God, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you all the praise. There is none like you in all the earth. God, as we come in this place and we've, we've sang and we've prayed and we've felt your presence, God, would you please make your scriptures known. God, not that we can just quote them and not that we can just find them in our Bible, but God, that we'd understand them and understand the meaning behind them. And God, help us to not miss this. God has already been said, don't miss the opportunity because the opportunity of a lifetime is only as good as a lifetime of the opportunity. God, don't let us miss what you're trying to do. God, would you speak to us? Would you give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, direction? Would you mold us and shape us? Would you help us leave this place ready to use the gifts that you've given us? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. What is the gift of discerning of spirits? The Greek word for discernment used here in this text means to distinguish between and judicial estimation. The gift of discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability to discern and distinguish between different classes of spirits. The gift of discerning of spirits is not about discerning the hearts of people, but about recognizing the source of something. So we talk about the spirit. It recognizes different classes of spirit, the Holy Spirit, angels, evil spirits, or demons, and, and even the human spirit. And many people with the gift of discerning of spirits will supernaturally see in the, in the spirit realm or have a strong sense that a spirit is around or operating through someone. But before we talk about exactly how it works and how we're supposed to use it, let's talk about what the gift of discerning of spirits is not. There's a handful of things... Um, that try to masquerade as the gift of discerning of spirits when in reality they're not and can cause a lot of harm and issues within the church. 
The first one is suspicion. Suspicion is a feeling or thought about someone or something that you think is most likely true. It can be easy to become suspicious of individuals because of our own views, prejudice, rejection, or understanding of a situation or people. This is when our natural judgment can come into play. Sometimes our suspicions can be correct, but that does not mean that it was the gift of discerning of spirits manifesting. Another thing that the gift of discerning of spirits is not is criticism. Discerning faults and mistakes is not a gift from God. I'm pretty sure that most everyone sees those mistakes and it's not helpful or good. The devil is known as the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12.10. And if we criticize others, we're actually furthering his kingdom and not God's. Another thing that the gift of discerning of spirits is not, is not conjuring up spirits or um, necromancy, which is the practice of communicating with the dead. So that's not what it is. It's not partaking in conjuring up spirits or talking to the dead. Uh, the, the word of God is extremely clear that we are not to have anything to do with the occult. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, when you enter into the land which the Lord your God gives you, you must not learn to practice the abomination of those nations. There must not be found among you anyone who, must, who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or uses divination, or uses witchcraft, or an interpreter of omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts spells, or a spiritualist, or an occultist, uh, or a necromancer, which is someone who communicates with the dead. For all those that do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God will drive them um, out from before you. So that's not what discerning of spirits is. You're not communicating with the dead. You're not playing with a, with a Ouija board. This is not this stuff. This, please don't mistake when we say discerning of spirits, then all of a sudden we say we got the gift of discernment, which means that we know everything and we can discern everything, which is absolutely wrong. What is the purpose of the gift of discerning of spirits? All the gifts of the Holy Spirit play an important role in building up the church. We talked about that. And furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as for the discerning of spirits, this gift plays an important role. And here are some of the purpose of the gift. It aids in deliverance from demons, Acts chapter 8. It reveals the servants of Satan and their plans, Acts chapter 13. It exposes error, 1 Timothy 4. It discerns the moving of the Holy Spirit. With all these gifts, we need to bring what is revealed to us in prayer before God and good, healthy accountability. Just like we talked about, so if the God gives you a word of wisdom or word of knowledge, just because you might know it doesn't mean you got to grab a microphone and blurt it out. You need, to have, you need to be prayerful about it. Same thing with discerning of spirits. Having discernment or discerning of spirits is an honor, and we should value the gift by treating it with wisdom and submission before God. So I have lots of stuff here. I have notes. I have a tablet. I have my, my phone. Um, but let's just talk about like this three categories of spirits we have the Holy Spirit which is you know evidenced by the fruit of spirit so you, you don't need to have the certain spirits to know really um, on the surface what spirit someone's operating in just so you know because it, it, it talks about discernment the Bible talks about discernment and discern, or the gift of, of discerning of spirits totally different the, the Holy Spirit we can be evident by the fruit of the spirit the human spirit can usually be recognized by a self-centered or egotistical point of, of reference the demonic experience uh, spirit will always be in operation to the advancement of the kingdom of God so these, dealing with these different spirits we're going to see how it actually works but in the modern church we miss the boat 
because we are scared to death about discerning of spirits because we think it's some kind of, you know, um, Holy Ghost witchcraft or whatever it is and some weird thing. And, and so now you have people in the modern church in 2021 trying to cast out devils from people who don't have any devils or demons, but are rather giving in to their own human spirit, um, lust, greed, and desire for power. Or we try to counsel people um, who are... Um, are demonically possessed and influence. We try to counsel them away when actually what they need is they need to have deliverance. What someone out of the human spirit is, they don't need to have a devil cast out. They don't have one in there. What they need to do is be led to repentance. We need the discerning of spirits. How about some examples of discerning of spirits? In the Bible, I thought it'd be good for you to share some of these examples. How about the discerning of the Holy Spirit? Remember in John 1, 32 and 33, John the Baptist discerned the Holy Spirit um, descending upon Jesus like a dove. The Bible didn't say that anybody else saw it, just John. Acts 2 and 3, 120 believers in the upper room discerned the Holy Spirit as tongues of fire. The discerning of angels in Luke 22, 43, as angels appeared to Jesus in the garden and gave him strength. Also in Acts 27, an angel appears to Paul on the ship. 2 Kings 6, Elijah's servant's eyes were open to see the army of angels. So when you look at this stuff, what is this discerning of spirits? The angels were there. The old prophet saw him and basically prayed, God, open his eyes. And when his eyes opened, he saw everything that was already there. I've heard people say that, and I know this is not really good because we're trying to encourage you about it, but this is one of the scariest gifts um, if, if you don't know how to actually control it and understand it, because what happens if you actually see something? What actually? If, what happens if you actually see somebody's motive? What actually happens if you walk in and, and you see something? It, it's we have to understand that that God is giving to this for us for a reason to edify the church, not to be spooky and not to scare you. And so, if it happens to you, please don't be uh, scared of it. Thank God that He trusts you enough to actually use it. But we have to understand what exactly it's for and how we can use the Bible. And I want to show you some things in the Bible just so you can see that, hey, you know what? There's, it, there's discerning of the Holy Spirit when God is moving. The discerning of angels when they're present. The discerning of human spirits. In John 1, 47, when Jesus discerned Nathaniel as a man without guile. Later, he said, I saw you under the fig tree. But he says, there's an Israelite in whom there could be found no guile. Um, how about Acts chapter 8? Peter discerned Simon's wrong motives. You, you want this for show. You want, this, you want the laying on of hands for your own power, for your own money. How about Acts 14? And Paul discerns a spirit of faith on, on the lame man. How do you? If you read back in Acts chapter 14, Paul discerns the spirit of faith on a lame person. It, discerning of evil spirits. Paul discerns the girl is operating under a spirit of divination in Acts chapter 16. A spirit of infirmity. Luke chapter 13. Which is really crazy if you look at these evil spirits. See, the Bible is clear that we're fighting a spiritual battle. I really want you to understand that a lot of times discerning of spirits is not just to see if someone's saved or not saved or doctrine is right. God is trying to show us what the motive is, what's causing it. Uh, if, if you actually read the... Um, I don't want to get into this weird stuff, but Acts chapter 16, the spirit of div uh, divination on that girl, um, the word there uses python. As, as if, if, if a spirit would wrap itself wrap around the girl. And Paul dealt with it for a couple of days and then he rebuked her. 
um, but it's python. So there's, there is different evil spirits. This is what the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against enemies uh, of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil uh, in the heavenly places. There are various types of evil spirits. John wrote about the need to test the spirits when he said the following words to the believers. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, plural, to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This indicates that there's a number of different types of evil spirits that can lead us astray. The Bible mentions a number of them. I don't know if you picked up on it. There's a mute and deaf spirit. Jesus cast a demon out of a man who had a mute and deaf spirit. Mark writes, when Jesus saw that the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Jesus named it specifically. How about a spirit of infirmity? Jesus also healed someone who had the spirit of infirmity. We talked about it just a few minutes ago in Luke. It says, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Doesn't say she had a disease. It doesn't say that she was sick. Didn't say that she had some kind of menstruation problem for 18 years. The Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. A spirit of infirmity. This seems to indicate another type of evil spirit. How about a spirit of divination? Remember when I said that Paul cast out the spirit of someone who had a spirit of divination in, in Acts? As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. How about the spirit of truth and error? John wrote of the spirit of truth and error and he explained it in this manner. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there's known as a spirit of error. With these gifts, asserting our spirits are able to discern what type of spirit may be at work, in some cases, actually possessing someone. This is where we need to get to. This is what is the discerning of gifts of the spirit for? We know that 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow out their love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Paul clearly says we should pursue love, super important, and desire spiritual gifts. We talked about that desire means to be zealous or passionate can sometimes feel like the gift of discerning of spirits for people in church leadership or ministry who work in, in deliverance ministries, but it's more than that. Paul is not saying that. That's not the case. The Holy Spirit can decide to bestow the gift on any believer. Newly saved or mature in the faith. We talked about before, just remember, because you have the gift doesn't mean that you, you know what you're doing or have it all figured out. See, it takes time to mature in the things of God and what he's called us in. Why am I taking my time with this? Because you, if you move into this gift, you can get real weird real quick. Why? Because if you get it right one time, then you think you can just look at people and read them. And that's not what it's for. It is not for that. It's not like, hmm, I discern. No, hush your mouth with your discerning self. It's the gift <laughs> of the discerning of spirits. Remember we talked about it. It was for a certain time. A word of wisdom is a word. It doesn't mean you have all of God's wisdom. A word of knowledge is a word. It doesn't mean you have all knowledge of God. And, and, and so if God gives you the gifts or the gift of discerning of spirits, it is for that time. You don't walk around constantly having that. See, with discerning of spirits, we must really get into the word and be grounded in it because there's a spirit of truth and of error. See, too many people want the gifts and no word. They want all word and no gifts. I want both. 
But why am I saying this is because all of this, if I pray for you and I'm praying for Todd and maybe I feel like I have a word of knowledge for Todd and I give it to him, I miss him and I miss it. He can forgive me. You start missing it in the gift of discerning of spirits and you do it wrong. People are going to brand you as weird and wacky and just full of it. Whatever that is, is probably not the Holy Ghost. So we have to use your, is it for you? Like, here, here, let me show you this way. Uh, there's an example that, hey, you know what? I had a dream that your family's going to be in a car accident. Are you saying God was going to make my family have a car accident? Well, it could have been from God saying, you know what? Be careful. Prepare. Or you were driving on a rainy night, went off, whatever it is. And so God might be trying to warn you or warn somebody but if it's like, hey, God told me he's going to put you in a ditch. Can you see how you can say this wrong and it'd be terrible? Uh, but sometimes it doesn't always happen in the middle of service. Sometimes it comes as dreams. Sometimes it'll come as, as you'll just be talking to somebody. Have you ever talked to somebody and you just got a feeling that something wasn't right? Maybe you had a sour stomach all of a sudden. It could be that you are picking up on the source of the person. They seem right, but they're fake as all get out. They're as fake as tofu. And no, it just take whatever flavor it wants to, but it ain't what it's taking. It's just, and so that's what, it, that's what it actually is. It's to help you. Maybe you're doing a business deal and something doesn't sit right. Don't keep, poor, maybe God is trying to help you. It's not just for seeing demons and angels and all that stuff. It's going to it help us. But see, we're so much perfectionist that will either never start and try or we're so perfectionist such a perfectionist that someone does start and try and mess up we'll never forgive them so listen i want all nine gifts of the spirit here in c3 i want it to be used but we have to use some some wisdom and we have to have some grace people are going to try and make a mistake are you with are you with me yeah okay so why is the gift necessary for today I mentioned this in all the gifts, but it's necessary for the church back in, back in the day, and it's necessary for us today as well. Remember that the discerning of spirits were in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The only two gifts that are new to the New Testament are what? Tongues, interpretation of tongues. I, pre- I know you want to say it, but you didn't want to come up on the, on the microphone. Yeah, okay. The lack of discernment in church has caused so many issues. From pursuing bad theology and embracing heresy to completely you know, oblivious to the spirit realm. Spiritual discernment is needed for us to correctly judge and see what's going on in the spirit realm. And not be so focused on what is seen in the natural. So where can I find it in the Bible? A lot of information. It's actually quite popular in Proverbs. For good reason, discernment and wisdom go head in hand. But discernment of spirits is a little different. We see it in action throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, but the actual term discerning of spirits or discerning of spirits is sparse. Below are a few references we can look at. Let me give you something else. Bible verses, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. We read it again to another discerning of spirits. Malachi 3, 18. Then you will again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and in more in the knowledge and all discernment that you may approve things that are excellent so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. 
So it's vital for us to have this, this gift to use wisdom and abide in Christ and bear the fruit of the Spirit. It's easy to become super or, or suspicious and critical when our heart is in the wrong place or we've been wounded or we live in fear. And it's easy to think of those feelings are a gift of discernment when in reality it's our flesh or our enemy trying to cause discord. I know we are not talking about this right this second. And I was trying to figure it out while we were worshiping. I was trying to figure out, should I say it or should I not say it? Because we are not in spiritual warfare per se. I'm trying to get to it here while we're live. As soon as I find it, I will open it and I, I want to help somebody. Show of hands, and don't worry because your hands won't show up on the, on the screen. Since we started talking about the spiritual gifts, has anybody felt like they have been attacked? Does anybody feel? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are you with me? Okay. Can I help you recognize? Some stuff. Because the more, and that's why I asked Nora to pray for me before service, because I am in getting my clock clean for the last month. This is my fifth week. It's so much easier for me to just preach it and do it instead of teach it. So I ask you to pray for me because if I'm getting wore out, I know some people are as well. And it's hard to pin down and it's very hard to understand. So listen to me. I want to tell you how to recognize when you're being attacked. Is that all right? I know we're not talking about this now, but, but, but this whole discerning of spirits, I needed to tell you about it because uh, we can get to the faith gifts, we can get to the power gifts next, next week, and it's going to be fun, but this stuff right here. See, let's start by saying this, John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. One way brings thievery, murder, and destruction, the other way causes life in abundance. You can learn a lot about what's going on, if you can understand um, Satan's tactics in many forms. Here are the ones the enemy of our soul uses the most often. Regression. Regression, this means to draw back or to pull away. The first thing to look for in recognizing a demonic spirit, I'm not talking about you being possessed, I'm talking about you being under attack, is spiritual or emotional withdrawal. The person will also begin to lack hunger for the things of God. He or she will withdraw, maybe from the church, God's people, and his word. This is very common, obviously, as most believers have been affected by drawing back and leaving one's first love. So the very first thing is when you are being attacked, it is never alarm sounds. It is never like run for the bunkers, like on, woo, nothing's going to, all of a sudden, you're just going to not want to anymore. And then comes suppression. Next, the person begins to suppress everything, unable to express emotions and rejoice in the Lord or praise God. He or she becomes emotionally isolated and joyless. I found it fascinating that Todd added a verse today. He goes, oh, there's another verse. And he began to sing about joy. I wasn't running, but I was back there praying. And I listened. I was like, oh, my. I want to say it. Suppression is because you suppress everything. You're unable to express emotions or rejoice in, in, in the Lord or praise him, and you become emotionally isolated and joyless. 
You could be surrounded by people and you feel like you're all alone. There's every reason for you to be happy, but you're not. You have no joy. Next comes depression. The next step away from God often involves a downward spiral toward depression. The spirit becomes broken and crushed and unable to break through emotionally or spiritually. The natural tendency is to begin even become more despondent, even to the point of just giving up. So then the depression, because so what happens it, it is it's this regression is a pulling away which comes with a suppression, and all of a sudden it feels like, you know, you're isolated and the joy is gone. And then the next is depression. What is happening? Is it our, do you need medication? Maybe. Or you may be under attack. Okay. So then, oppression. Somewhere between depression and oppression, demonic activity becomes noticeable. And Satan will use any situation he can for his ultimate purpose, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. Depression is a big door that opens wide to allow more demonic activity. If depression isn't dealt with, demonic forces can often gain more and more control of a person's mind. A person will even become so weighed down and oppressed that he or she is unable to function as the devil binds one's mouth with past, or binds one's mind with past failures, sin, and guilt. So depression stinks. Oppression is worse. It's a spiral, this downward spiral staircase that never ends and is consumed with past guilt, failures, sin. You can't think of anything else. And then obsession. When someone becomes, upset, becomes preoccupied with an idea, emotion, hurt, or anger, the doors are open to oppression, and Satan can gain a powerful stronghold when, when the focus is on a lie or half-truth. Am I boring you? Are, you? are we learning anything? And then possession. Obsession leads to possession, a condition where a person becomes under total and complete control of a demonic force. Have you seen people possessed, Pastor? Yes. In North America, maybe twice. The demonic forces are very tame and subtle in North America. They're very flamboyant in other countries. They'll walk into a service, walk up to the front, throw up, spin around, hit people. I've seen Nora's um, sisters hold a girl down that was about the size of uh, Price, throwing people. Have you seen it, Pastor? Absolutely. Nora would tell you about it. We've seen this stuff. But the demonic realm in the United States is very domesticated, hides it very well, because it's all medicated. Oh, this person needs this medication, this medication, this medication, this medication, and it's chronic depression, chronic this and chronic that, and it's anxiety, depression, all that stuff. Is some of that stuff not of the, not of the, the devil, not of the, um, the enemy? Yeah. Is some of it? Absolutely. See, there's the danger, regression, suppression, depression, oppression, and obsession are all centered on the emotions, which can affect the body and soul. However, possession is spiritual. We don't like to talk about this because we think as Christians, we have the Holy Ghost inside and we speak in tongues. Can't no way the devil get a hold of it. Really, if the devil's going to attack Jesus, are you so arrogant and self-centered that you think that you, you won't be attacked? And you've probably never been attacked by the devil. You've probably been attacked by some evil spirit. But the devil's never showed up because he would wear you flat out. Would he wear me out? Absolutely. 
So, but here's the thing is that it, we can't be so arrogant and naive to think that everything is just, you know, rainbows, cotton candy, and unicorns. When you start kicking beehives, they sting. When we start saying that we want to actually do something in our city and actually use the gifts of the Spirit, the things that God gives us, do you think the devil's going to sit idly by? Do you think that everybody, that, that everybody that's been tamed and been under some kind of oppression or depression or whatever, and all of a sudden you start talking about how to actually see that and, and encouraging people to actually move into the gift of discerning of spirits, do you think they want to be discerned? No. They're happy to let you come to church with the collar and chain around your neck. Sorry. I'm trying to behave, Dr. Burge. As soon as I get down on this floor, man, I lose my mind. It's crazy. One thing. Someone could say one thing to you, and it's downward spiral for hours and hours and hours. And you can't get out of your head. Do you think that's God? What's terrible is that you know it's not God, and you still can't get out. It happens. It happens. So we need to know when someone come up and just say, you know what? I, I'm just battling with some depression. Wouldn't it be nice to know if it's spiritual or maybe it's just chemical in their body? Wouldn't it be nice to know? Because what's crazy is that we don't like to say it, but possession is where the devil is, or his demons, an evil spirit, is controlling you. Is in, they are possessing you. They are dominating your mind. It's, it's spiritual. All the other ones are emotional. Which is, we got, that's why, why do you, why do you pray? Why do I talk about praying in tongues? Everybody doesn't have the gift of the Holy Spirit, never prayed in tongues, gets mad when I say that. But you need to build up your spirit, man. I don't have enough fancy English to pray off an attack. I, you can give me a concordance and you can give me a dictionary and my English is not good enough to fend off any attack from the smallest devil or demon. I need the Holy Spirit that's in me to begin to pray because I, you can war in the spirit. You can't war in the flesh. I need it. So what, what do I do besides go half crazy and drive my wife crazy? Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. What are you praying for? I don't know, but I'm so glad I can do it because I don't feel like praying in English. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. You need to be able to discern that. And we need to be able to, when someone actually comes to us, we need to be able to, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Remember the word of knowledge last week was diagnostic. Hey, but it, how they work in, 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 in tandem, when someone comes up and you begin to pray with them and in discerning of spirits, you know that what they're dealing with is not a chemical imbalance. They're under attack. Now you need to give them that word of knowledge and then the word of wisdom how to actually deal with it. Wouldn't it be great if we could take people that are suffering from the same stuff that we're suffering from and actually lead them out of it? Too many church people are just getting beat to death in the spirit. Because you can come, the devil let you come to church and carry your Bible. He'll let you sing every song that Todd plays. He'll let you clap your hands and run the aisles. But you think he'll let you get free? No, no chance in, in where he lives. We need this. We need this. And please don't think that you can get baptized enough, talk in tongues enough to, to, to negate an attack. It's going to come. Why? Because he's hoping you'll quit. And stop and say, I'll just go back to being a good Sunday worshiper. 
I don't really need to be using the gifts. I don't really need to let God begin to use me. That's the dangerous part. So, bless you, baby. I know this wasn't a spiritual warfare thing, but discerning of spirits, you can, you can see it. It helps you just, in a nutshell, it will tell you what's the driving force behind the situation. Is it a human spirit? Are there angels in this place? How'd the prophet know? Lord, open his eyes so he can see the host of heaven. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Or maybe scary as all get out. Because every person that saw an angel in the Bible fell on their face. Scared. That sounds like warring angels to me. That sounds like stuff that get demons and devils running. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be nice to know that, you know what, what we're starting to do, we make a decision as a church, that the Holy Spirit is behind this. This is not just a great idea, this is a God idea. Wouldn't it be great? It's not just for spooky stuff. Wouldn't it be known that, hey, you know what? Every year I try to go through what I preach and see if I'm actually preaching the Bible or if I'm preaching my preferences. Because let it be known and... You can write it down and tweet if you want to. Every preacher has his candy stick of stuff he likes or she likes. And it may not be based in the Bible. But they'll preach it like it is. So every year I go through, what do I believe? Is it based in the Bible? Am I preaching? Am I putting stuff on the people that, that's not in the Bible? Spirit of truth and spirit of error. All these things are there. See, it takes the sermon of spirits to understand what's going on in the proper method of dealing with those situations. It's not a long, this is not long. I've already done 53 minute messages, not long. I want you to stand with me. This is where we begin to minister. If you're here and you're like me, since we started this series, you feel like you've had some kind of attack like you've been, something spiritual is going on, whether it's in your finances, in your marriage, in your home, with your children, in your mind. And you can't put your finger on the cause. Like if you have trouble in your finances, you went out and bought a $90,000 car, I can put my finger on the cause. Okay? If you do dumb stuff in your marriage, you have problems in your marriage, I can understand that. But if you can't put your finger on it, or you can't put your finger on why you feel this way, because everything in life says you should be here, but you feel way down here. Your emotions and what's going on on the inside do not match anything that's going on the outside. I want you to come to the front. We're all going to pray together. If you're here and you're like me and you fall into one of those categories, would you just make your way to the front? C3 is so obedient. Everybody come. So just everybody come. Just come, everybody. This is funny. I would, I would say that I have not been attacked on this level since...
started ministering a conference in El Salvador. They used all the good preachers for like the opening and everything else. They would put me last. They just want just do evangelist stuff and just do prayer and just do, you know, let God just use you. Lay hands on folks. We want to see healing signs, wonders. They put me last, you know. Everybody's all the good people are keynote speakers, you know. Um, but I, I would get to the point where I didn't even want to preach. Seeing God move all week. It would be last song, last chorus, last line. I'm like, man, this is, I don't have it. This is, this is terrible. Discouragement. Feel like you're never enough, no matter what you do. You're, you lack. No matter how good you are, no matter how good everything is, it's just you feel like you're not enough. That's not God. Well, pastor, if you know it, how come you can't beat it? Because it's hard to beat. Listen to me. I'm not going to let you fight this alone. I'm not going to let you suffer in silence. I could have skipped everything and went right to this part. I want you to know that you are not by yourself. That there's not something wrong with you. That you're not, it's not that you're not spiritual enough. It's, nobody talks about this. It's the last time you heard some of the microphones saying he's been beat up for the last five weeks and he's supposed to be leading the church. I'm getting wore out. I am not winning. We're taking it to extra rounds, but I am not winning. I'm still fighting. I am not winning. What we're going to do is we're going to pray together. And throughout the week, we're going to pray for one another. And you don't have to call everybody by name if you don't want to, but I would definitely, I would pray a prayer covering over C3. If you can't think of everybody's name, I would pray... Lord, bless the families at C3 and those that are connected, and I would begin to pray that way if you can't name everybody. But I promise you, as soon as we finish this series and we start moving in the gifts, I promise you this won't be the last attack. There is only one way to stop a bully. You don't negotiate with a bully, and you sure don't give in to a bully. As soon as it starts, you take the fight to the bully. I'm calling you to fight, not to lay down, not to be sad, not to give up, not to throw the flag or wave the white flag. I want you to pray, and I want you to war with me. Pastor, how do I do that? Start to pray. Let the spirit that God put in you begin to come out. And I want you to begin to, I want you to start using your prayer language, not just to edify yourself, but I want you to use it in spiritual warfare. Pastor, you never taught us about spiritual warfare. I know, and it's about time I do, but I don't have time right now. I can't talk to you about techniques of fighting when you're getting punched in the face. We got to figure it out now. So here it is. I don't want you praying for anybody.